0: This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice, but now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier.
1: Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy reading since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account and you'll be able to choose from
0: hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation.
1: Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text.
0: Just go to trykeen.com slash potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which
1: is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com slash potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential.
2: Once again, that's
0: 25% off your test by going to TryLGC.com slash Potential using the promo code Potential25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked.
2: Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is The Potential Podcast.
1: Potential Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to The Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow assassin, Taylor Sokol. Man, here we are. It's already April I always feel like time flies, especially now that we're doing this, you know, every other week for our episodes here season three. It does feel like it's uh, flying by. And, you know, it's spring again, and I think a lot of people are happy, excited. A lot of places, the mask mandate's going up, so you could tell that uh, we're kind of getting back to a little bit more, of even more of a normal pace of not having to wear masks everywhere. But uh, I'm excited, man. Spring's coming here, and we got uh, summer just around the corner, which, you know, for us is always exciting. Cause that means our big summer blockbuster movie extravagance is coming, but uh, how you been doing Taylor?
0: Uh, I mean, I mean, good. It's, uh, you know what, it's, it's crazy to think, um, that, you know, before you know it, this podcast is going to be, we're going into our, this is our third season obviously, but you know, uh, over, you know, two years ago we, you know, decided to, you know, undertake this coming up here and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, um, but I am looking forward to, you know, that life has become a lot more normal. Of course, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world right now uh, when this podcast is recording, but you know, the U S we're, we're trying to uh, keep busy, get back to you and I, you know, personally, we're doing a lot of things. I mean, I'm going to year and and my job, uh, my new position I've been holding for a year, you, you know, where you were, you know, a year ago,
1: Went up in June, All both both my jobs, I'm currently working, I'll be hitting a year, uh, which is just crazy to think, you know, after really not working for a year and a half, uh, to at least pay back to, you know, a year, which is uh, a good thing. You know, I I like to stay busy, and so it is nice that we're kind of getting back to what is really the normal grind. Uh, We've been, yeah, you and I have been definitely at it for a while now, which is why we ultimately decided to do our format of every other week. Uh, to make it a little more easier on us but also again to really put the quality on those episodes that we are bringing out to you the listeners whether you're old-timers that have followed us since the beginning or new fans coming on to join us for the first time yeah to stumble into
0: the wrong theater stick around you might like this film
1: the what that the potential that's what what is that title uh yeah we're sticking with that it's just it has a good ring to it you know but uh you know taylor one thing i do want to bring up uh, just because I think it's kind of exciting. Uh, you know, I am, I am in the engagement uh, life. and yes, you are. Uh, we do have a wedding date and everything picked for next year, 2023. But some exciting news that uh, surprised you. I did want to share here on the podcast. Uh, I did ask you, my, my fiance and I, Megan, asked you to be our officiant. And you gladly accepted uh, to some great surprise. I think you were pretty shocked. Uh, and we're not expecting that.
2: I still am
0: kind of in denial that this is like my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, as you can see, I'm holding, well, you can't see the listeners, but I've got an awesome custom made. And I thought this was just, you found something on a shelf. Um, we, we, Chris, Chris and I are fans of the Funko Pop, Funko? Yeah, Funko Pops. It, yeah. Uh, people. And uh, usually it's all pop culture stuff or video games and whatnot, just like our podcast. And this one's great because the, it's an official, efficient the Ultimate Fan Fun. Congratulations, your customized pop vinyl figure. And this was made to look... It's got the efficient book with a microphone and a suit, and it's got the same product that I use my hair as well, but I'm thinking. So that's pretty <laughs> they awesome. Did, they did, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I love that. And I also got my little custom book, and uh, you might hear me snacking a little bit. These bourbon bears, bourbon gummy bears. Uh, so, yeah, this was definitely a... I don't take this lightly. This is a big honor. I'm excited. Good excuse to come visit LA. And, you know, I, I was at, you know, thinking. hopefully, I mean, you got two brothers. I, I knew best man was out maybe ring bear, uh, maybe just like helping a grandmother down the aisle, uh, a la Michael Scott, but oh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, but, uh, I was, you know, just happy to be invited, but this is a bigger honor. So thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited
1: about yeah, this. Yeah. We're, we're, we knew you were the right guy for the job. So we're very excited. And, uh yeah it's gonna be exciting as as more news comes out uh, later throughout the year but uh we're happy, you're happy you, you're on board and how awkward would
0: that be if i like um how about no yeah <laughs> well you can forget it
1: I, I i do well on the podcast i don't do well in front of crowds um no with that with your cruise director background and you're just so personal i was like yeah he's gonna be great so
0: it's funny too the fact that um This year and then next year is going to be back-to-back wedding things. Of course, in the fall this year, 2022, I will be DJing and MCing for another wedding, Uh, and I got nervous too because you're like, "Oh, it's November 4th. Uh, My uh, my wedding's at uh, end of October. How are you gonna do this?" But it's next year, so it's like it's crazy to think. So I'm I'm excited to look into how to become an efficient officially uh, for your.
1: I think uh, there's a six-part test. Uh, There's a physical. Um, <laughs> it's like no, you have to just, be able to it's jog it's long periods. Just, easy nowadays. Imagine like you guys
0: have a, as like an obstacle course have to go through and all that. Oh my gosh! But yeah, it's gonna be a great. Whole, and,
1: um... uh, yeah, a whole three part test. You uh, endurance training and uh, no, but um, no, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's being exciting. Look, Taylor, and we've been rambling on about uh, really happy things in life. But another thing that we really enjoy in life is video games. We talk about video games. From time to time on this podcast, obviously movies and TV take the cake because uh, they're more accessible and we have more of them come out all the time. But can
0: digest them quickly,
1: yeah. Yeah, video games. I think with video games nowadays, especially uh, if, for many fans who've noticed, is the length of games has really increased over the last, you know, fifteen years. To the point where a lot of these games that are open world sometimes does like unless you have the time to access it, it can take sometimes up to upwards of anywhere to 75 to 100 hours to fully experience the game to do all the stuff in the game. And sometimes it's even further than that. And there's one game series that definitely has uh, taken on that task. It's increased over time, but a franchise that really, if you think about it, when it comes to most video games, not many franchises have had this many games come out for this individual series for this style. Yeah, I mean, games, spin-offs. It's kind of a pioneer in a way. Um, there's been games that definitely, I think, influenced why it came about. But a game series that we want to talk about today that I've had not as much experience with, but Taylor definitely has, but one that has been very popular and I think will continue to be popular from years from now and will live on with more entries and more side video games. And- possibly maybe we'll get even further uh, adventures on the big screen we want to talk today about ubisoft's hit franchise assassin's creed um this is a game series that i mean gosh it has started in 2007 was the first entry with the first game assassin's creed and up to this point we've had 12 main games we've had multiple spinoff games for all different platforms there's has been comic books. There's been a film we'll talk about later. Um, And then there's been, you know, some little short films. I mean, this thing has really taken the world by storm and continues to surprise us when they pick a new game. Where the historical part's going to be. Obviously, there's a little bit of the sci-fi fantasy element in some of these games. You know, you kind of have to go a little bit with the, this is not 100% historically accurate, but it is a fun game. And I think, the thing is too is i think for the longest time when we think of the term assassin it's not shed any good light you know especially here like in the states when we think of assassins we think of like those who have or attempted to kill like the presidents or big leaders
0: yeah historical figures yeah
1: you know we don't see assassins really as like cool things or or things you want to be in this game series they have completely flipped it where you want to be an assassin because you're on the good side. You know this whole assassins versus the Templars.
0: Yeah, and that's and, for, and for, yeah, and for those again who just walking into the podcast, walking into this episode, I'm sure many of you listening to this probably, hopefully, are wanting to hear about the game. Or if you're a complete newbie. You know, when you when you hear about Assassin's Creed kind of, you know, we can't we're going to, to go one by one each game what's going on. That would take too long, but I will kind of give you an overview for the, you know, the fans kind of review and for the, the novices, the whole game or the whole series of Assassin's Creed, as Chris had talked about, was it's based on a little bit of historical but a lot of fiction a lot of sci-fi but it depicts this fictional millennia-old struggle uh, between the assassins the eponymous characters as we see you play as the good guys and they fight for peace and free will so they're like hippies that kill people and uh then they have the templars who are desired a peace though through order and control um so you have the two sides of the different coin and it's which is very you know kind of interesting as you you play this game you wonder you know, and throughout the series, it's featuring historical fiction, science fiction, fictional characters intertwined with real historical events. And it just makes for like interesting thing, because this game or this game series, you can't pinpoint it in just one genre. It's so it's so out there.
1: Well, it's also the continued story of they have now, you know, real, realistically, in terms of if you look at a historical timeline, it has gone anywhere from ancient Greece upwards to the you know industrial revolution you know it's kind of like there's there's a whole time span of several hundred years and they've picked different areas of time to have different stories that still kind of fit into the overall big timeline of this story so and the unique thing too of i remember when the first games were coming out i didn't i never played a lot of the original games i had one of the side scrolling games on my DS but I remember hearing about the whole idea of you play as a modern day man who has this you know it's this whole company that has this device called animus and when you go into this device this is where the the sci-fi element is very very strong you essentially tap into memories of relatives from the past of you know like the bloodline
0: yeah, we're not talking about, you know, go, you go, you play as your grandfather. These are
1: like no, way no. back way. This is like, you know, the, the first game uh, you're having a character that is connected to back to like the Middle East in terms of like Constantinople. Like this is like way, Crusades, way yeah, yeah, yeah. the Crusades. And you realize that one of your relatives is part of this assassins group that is trying to take down these Templars because the Templars are looking for the pieces of Eden. And the pieces of Eden, again, this is where it's a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of, you know, not really possible. These devices, which pop up in many of the games, are things that they could use to essentially control free will. So if they could control the people, they could, you know, demand what they want and take over. And, you know, there's that kind of more evil notion of controlling people, whereas the assassins are kind of fighting for just a general peace. But having this idea of you're someone that is in modern day or a little bit set in the future, using this device that taps in to the past. And while you're in the past, you're reliving memories, but still kind of controlling and sometimes changing your own story that's going to affect the future. But this idea of the assassin, I think something that they've really tapped into these games that I think is so cool is the look. These characters that are often hooded, there is the really cool blade in the wrist, which is an iconic part of this game franchise. And the idea that it's not always about straight on it with many video games, hack and slash. A lot of these games are meant to be about stealth.
0: A lot of strategy, and a lot of stealth. And you also, in the very early games, if you didn't go stealthily, um, you, you lose the mission or you have to restart.
1: Yeah. Something that they've not kept up with a lot in the more modern games, uh, you a lot of it is sneaking around and, and, and targets, and so you have this element of the stealth mode. There's a big part of the games as parkour based, <laughs> parkour where these guys that usually it's usually men. There's a few games that are uh, female protagonists. Um, the idea that you can really kind of traverse anywhere when you're in the past. I mean, you can climb buildings, and you know if there's a couple ledges, the fact that you can kind of run across, you can leap. The very, uh, the very beloved eagle jump that is in these games where miraculously you can jump from the highest heights and you always land perfectly in a bundle of hay or leaves that just happens to be a uh, position on the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I always laugh when I do those jumps because I'm like, I'm sure from that height, you'd probably still break your back. Let, let's be real. Like, uh I don't. And know How if am that's I going nice. to perfectly
0: land in that one spot? Just cause, yeah, you
1: always dive and do a perfect little flip, little swan dive, and just land <laughs> a little land on your back. You know, it's always like, and there's always a eagle cry. <laughs> <I know. laughs> you go, it makes you laugh.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's all, but uh, yeah, and that was the um, you know, talk about our early. Let's go, kind of go in our early memories of the game. I do remember playing the very first game the very first assassin's creed and this would have been i probably would have played this on like one of the xbox systems i think originally i was playing xbox
1: 360 yeah probably would have i would play them i was yeah. more
0: of yeah i had played them on the 360 versions and um, i do remember it was just such a different game than i had ever anticipated because up until that point i really didn't like stealth games and it really, it really was tough for me because I'm, I'm just like, come on, let's go, you know, um, uh, duck and cover, barrel roll, you know, I mean, all the games that up at that point I'm playing, you know, Super Smash Brothers. There was a couple of, uh, you know, shoot 'em up games, but this is very different. And I just remember how weird and crazy and wacky this, this game was. It was a little ahead of my time for this game, I think, the original, just because it was, you got, like you said, you have sort of, sort of this kind of like time travel element, because you're going back in your own memories. There's this weird, it's just a creepy vibe. It was almost kind of like what that was for video games or that genre. Kind of what Matrix did for a lot of films, uh, for the film industry. And so, yeah, I just remember how weird it was. And then I I never, like, I played a little bit. I was like, I don't know if this is my kind of game. But then when I got in, then I got into the second game and played through that one. Then I was like, okay, I'm really digging these kind of games.
1: Yeah, I never, the the first main game of Assassin's Creed I played was 3. Um, I didn't play it for very very long but I remember uh, playing it on my brother's PlayStation at the time and that one deals with the American Revolution and I think at the time I had never played a game that was really open world or where there's a there's a main storyline of main quests but there's tons of side quests and you can kind of go around and pick and choose the order you want like you never played the game the same twice and i don't think i was prepared for that i don't really knew i was like i'm not really a fan like i i was coming off of games like god of war kingdom hearts you know these these hack and slash games where you really go in and just you go for it you know Siders. i was playing these games where it was like you really going for the fight so I think a little bit of the stealth element. Yeah, you, you, I was were like, little... you were
0: like Leroy Jenkins all the time, you know. You were yeah, going in. I was <laughs>
1: terrible at the stealth element because I wouldn't be so stealthy. And then, you know, you'd go into a room with like six guys, try to take out one, all of them notice you. Now you're fighting six guys at once, uh, which can be very tough in some situations. And I wasn't really prepared for it. It wasn't until I played Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, And I guess you could really count Breath of the Wild in there as well as uh, one of these. I mean, obviously, a lot more games now have expanded to kind of more open world, even Horizon Zero Dawn. A lot of the games in the last couple of years uh, for different platforms have really opened up to this is now the new norm where you have you have your main quest, but there's a ton of side quest missions to help you increase your stats increase your you know skills you get new gear sometimes there's side stories that do attach to the main story and i'm more used to this now so i think it'd be fun for me to go back and play a lot of these games that i never got to because i have now become a fan of the assassin's creed franchise very late in the game but we'll get to why a little later of one of our uh, latest uh additions but There is something about, yeah, I think maybe from a kid's angle, depending on what age you are, there's something that is a little weird about thinking, like, what if you never knew that your ancestors were part of this ancient group that has, in different periods of time, protected the world from devastation? And the fact that, you know, for a lot of people, there's a lot of people I think that they, you know, we have our daily annoyances where we get, like, really frustrated about something, and we... We have maybe a heated moment where in one little second of our brain, we're like, if only that person didn't exist. But I think for the general population, no one's really at the point of like, I would murder somebody. The fact that these characters in history have to take out people as part of their creed. You know, they, they have to kill people.
0: You know, And I, I want to go on, on on record what you're saying there. I really appreciate that because differences between like coming up in the open world games at the time where you know there is not necessarily assassin element but the night unlike this game you have only targets and you can't will and nilly kill anyone because it will stop you like uh this person didn't kill these people and then the animus which is taking you back in these memories of time said you know it would disrupt it because you never did this because again, you're changing the course of history and it also kind of controls your character, which I thought was very interesting that it's been a steeple throughout the games that it has stayed that way ever since the very first game.
1: If you kill pawns or if you kill just general people, um, it'll say the synchronization is going to be cut and you're going to, you know, be woken up in the modern time you are. And that's kind of a cool element because there's always that time paradox we talk about with every time travel situation of, What if you went back in time and stepped on a bug that you never stepped on? Would all of time be different when you get to the normal day?
0: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, but you're talking about this, these kind of, and I want to go into Assassin's Creed 3 because, again, that was the first game I ever completed fully and that I really, really loved. And I think, and I'll tell you why, but talking about these big themes, okay, one, we have a machine I can go back in time, so to speak, live ancestor, uh, my memories of my ancestors. That's cool also my ancestors are assassins there's a whole conflict age old time also i'm working for and then this character you've been like you're working with there's these evil organizations which you know that and then there's all this element going through them that they're trying to stop this cataclysmic event this. so there's so many ideas that like as a kid when these 2007 i was 17 yeah um and you were um 18 a uh, little um yeah and so but even so that was still just for me in a game i was just like that's just like too like much for me to kind of comprehend all the stuff that's going on. It's kind of crazy, but I love the theme. Now going back into Assassin's Creed three. Yeah. This was the first game I fully played and because I just, it looked cool and I didn't know anything about the previous game. I knew a little bit, but to see this game for me, I am a huge history buff to play during the American revolution. I thought that was so cool. Cause it just some part of history that just the birth of America and you're intersecting between these times, that was so cool. And I love the idea when you saw that first trailer. Do you remember that trailer? When you're like in the, um, it reminded me of the Patriot. He's like hiding in the trees yes. and taking out the red coats. And like, hey, the great thing is the red coats. It's been a long time, Brits. We can talk about it. We hated the red coats. <laughs> uh, so, but it was just so like interesting. And that's why I have such a love, um, a love for that game. Of any of the series, this will still be my favorite game.
1: Well, it was the first one I think kind of played a little bit with where what can we pick as our assassin character. You know, the first games leading up to this point, whether they were main titles or spin-offs, you had Altaris, you had again the kind of Middle East conflict, then you went to Ezio and had the Italian Florence. Ezio, Ezio the Tony. of course. You know, and you're having, you know, Desmond be the main modern day character through many of these adventures. But Ezio being a real big part of the franchise having multiple games, this is all set in Europe, different periods this is the first time we're having like on American soil for the revolution, which is a big part of history, but also to have a native American kind of influence assassin. I thought that was a really cool choice because it did let them play a little bit with the costume, some of the elements, you know, I think often with these characters, you you, you see them with, again, their arm blade is always kind of a thing, but I remember that first image of seeing Connor with like an ax Tomahawk like, thing, yeah. A tomahawk thing, you know, and it was like, oh, we're gonna get a little more brutal now. It's not could just be assassinating, it's gonna go in and actually attacking. And you know, there's always you always have some kind of eagle or hawk or raven or whatever, you know, say you, and I liked it that it was kind of like a bald eagle. Like it was just like there were some cool choices they did with three, and it was the first time I was like, oh, okay, see, they're really trying to now broaden the history timeline of like they could pick any time. And we've seen that as the series has continued. They have picked some really cool periods of time. And of course, with all these games, a lot of the fantasy sci-fi element has gotten greater because some of the choices, but one that I have been told by so many fans of this series, you included, of one of the games that I have to, have to, have to play as probably one of the best ones of the series is Black Flag. Mm -hmm. and the element of okay let's combine the assassin's creed style with pirates i mean that just sounds like a match made in heaven to me
0: well i think pirates for video games like a proper swashbuckling adventure was long overdue and the fact that nothing had come out like this dealing with pirates it was like steak marinated to perfection i don't know what it was and i think the big part of the element not only again you're in a different environment you know, the tropical setting but having the huge part of that was just, again, my favorite that I would love to go back and play that game again is the naval warfare, the naval battles of building your ship, uh, taking other uh, pirate ships down, having these naval battles with like the little fire and then having like I just love having the, you know, I right from the it's like right from the game. I love the, the sea shanties just sitting out there like it's like. A poor old man came riding, and like, there's, and like, I, I actually, you can on Spotify, you can download the uh, playlist. Um, oh, very nice. Fun fact. Uh, and then, like, you could take, you could um, fight, like, you could, like, get, um, fight sea creatures and sharks. And it was just, I don't, I, it's so indescribable. Unless you play the game, it just, so much of what you liked about the game and then the additional elements, I want them to go back to that world, though, that style, you know?
1: Hmm. Well, just the idea of you yeah, have, like, getting to ride around on a pirate ship and like, you know, have these sea battles. And I think that's a cool element that they had not really explored in the game so far as, you know, a lot of the games feel like you're, you're kind of set in the city you're going to be, you know, playing in, especially the earlier games. There's not like a huge amount of traversing to another town or another city. So to think of like, you're going from kind of Island Island in the Caribbean or whatever, like there's so many things that I think that was unique um, and this is the time, you know, I think 2013 when Black Flag is coming out, this would have been, you know, probably five, six years after parts of the Caribbean World's End, but on Stranger Tides, it would have come out in 2011, so there was probably a little bit more of a excitement again about Pirates, and you're thinking about Pirates, too, as a, okay, how does that play into the whole assassins versus templars idea you know pirates being from our understanding these people that were very greedy would go and pillage there could be secret organizations that were hiding under the influence of pretending to be pirates but really working towards their ultimate goals i think that was a cool choice because you don't see a lot of games uh that are based around like the pirate element and a lot of the ones past this kind of pick more of the iconic times in history pirates kind of had their era you know nowadays parts are a whole different meaning than what they kind of were at that time and so i think they tapped into a, a smart choice for that and it's one that you know I, I don't know if i would play all of these main titles you know but of the ones i definitely want to hit uh black flag is probably up there on my list as number one uh just because everyone's recommended it so many times too. i would
0: definitely go back to looking for a ps4 copy um and also what's interesting about it is now these games are taking place in different parts of history. They're connecting to the games, which is so cool about, you know, you and you played and beat uh, Assassin's Creed three, correct?
1: I didn't beat it. I, I got oh, through, but you play uh, played uh, through most of it,
0: at least like half a third of it or so. OK, well, I'll, yeah, I'll take probably a third. Yeah. I'll take a third for a thousand, um, Alex. So, no, but what I liked about Black Flag is it. you find out it's actually a prequel. Um, you play as the grandfather and father of the main character and his father. And yeah, so it's like before, so, so it was interesting that connection of how they become assassins. And like, that was so cool for me to like, just that connection, like, wow, these games are, I mean, this is this amazing, um, not multiverse, this amazing universe uh, and world building that these games are doing. And we see this in movies, like we got the MCU, but it's ter- terms of video games, how these have spanned and how they're interconnected, and how you still see them connected today, going further along.
1: Even like because they're going, they're going, they've been continually kind of going further in the past to ancient times for some of the newer ones. Um, but in the next few games after Black Flag, see you know, like the French and Indian War, and then you're looking like the French Revolution, and then, like I said, the Industrial Revolution in, in London, these periods of time where really we're having these huge cities and a lot's going on. So, there's definitely this is a, a guise to use to hide evil intentions by a group and to see like how they play into that like i feel like it's something that assassin's creeds has always done really well is they do have these giant cities in some of these games and one that i haven't felt they played into too much in the new one we're going to talk about a little later i remember one thing about three that made me laugh that i think has been a big part of a lot of the games is when you're trying to be very stealthy there's always all these cities where you're going through tons of people you have to like push and shove your way through people or be sneaky, you know, hide in, you know, blend in with people. So I imagine some of these newer ones that are, you know, syndicate uh, unity rogue and all that having to like <laughs> push your way through to like mark your target, but like, you don't want to be noticed, you know, but,
0: but even so the guys wearing a hood and all these outfits, like nobody else is dressed like this guy.
1: No one. Yeah. No one else, you know, no one else wears a hood uh, ever. Uh, yeah people never notice oh that guy looks a little interesting and why is he coming with that knife on his wrist um, yeah. oh he's just oh he just happened to sit on a bench and he's just like calmly looking yeah. down he's fine <laughs> these are cool periods of time and i think like i know with like syndicate they have like you know dlc where you can get like jack the ripper and i'm like that's a great choice of you know a side quest to go after you know that's kind of cool speaking of
0: side quests, i think it was it wasn't until three that they started having really awesome dlc they had this one i loved it you play as an alternate reality where george washington becomes a tyrant he doesn't become regular like he becomes Ooh. he becomes king george so there's like he becomes corrupted by one of the pieces of eden uh, mystical objects and it was just like when i saw the preview just see george washington kind of just sitting there on a little throne with American flag draped over him. I'm like, okay, this, I love the alternate reality stuff. And I think you have to suspend your disbelief because all of them, I mean, you go back to Assassin's Creed 2 when we, we get Leonardo da Vinci and all that. And so, but yeah, it was interesting, like kind of course that they did. So they go from, you know, Black Flag and then Rogue, which is kind of in between Black Flag and 3. And then Unity Syndicate are then jumping ahead uh, several years. And then it would be then 2000, and I hadn't gotten to play those. uh, And then it would be Assassin's Creed's origin that went, would go to the Egyptian times.
1: Yeah. Which to me sounds awesome. Um, I think origins and Odyssey have from the trailers that I've seen, and this is all just because pre, pre me wanting to pick up Assassin's Creed and now I would want to get both those games and try them out the Egypt era just sounds like such a cool one to, to play because there's such a mythology to Egypt that I think most people really like that they could play a little bit with the fantasy element of, you know, gods and mummies and certain creatures. You have the Nile. So you have, you know, not only is it you're trying to get around and deal with uh, your assassin missions, but you got crocodiles and all these kind of dangerous things going around snakes and stuff. And just to think of like the time of, you know, Egypt and like, how do you instill, you know, this is like the origins of the Assassin's Creed. Like, you know, what was the first, and this is where it's kind of cool. They have the development of the order of the ancients, which are really kind of the start of what's going to become the Templars. Uh, Something that's instilled in Odyssey and Valhalla is this kind of group that you could see like, Oh, we have the evil group being developed. And then we have the good group and seeing how this is, been something that has continued since like pre you know like ancient times it's like that's it's a really cool idea that i mean there's possible notion that it could go even further back in time but i think that was a great start place to be like well what's the biggest civilization that's ancient that we could think of to start uh you know obviously egypt i think is a great place to start and with Odyssey, the Greeks. I mean, you get to play as like Leonidas, essentially. For all of us fans of 300, uh, wanting to have like we never got like a "This is Sparta" video game. You know, it's like what a cool idea of Greece to to, to play into.
0: Oh yeah, and the fact that you know they brought back um, the naval battles and and things like that. But what we're what we're seeing in these games, which I think is interesting, it it wouldn't it was Odyssey and Origin. Origins and Odyssey. I think what it, made this very a nice little challenge and change is that it's it's starting to go a little bit away from so much stealth and we're going into more of open combat brutal yeah bro- yeah brutal even brutal combat where i think the assassin's creed games always have been violent but now it's taking it to even a little bit more more of an extreme I think that's that. That's an interesting thing, and I think these games are what starts, I think, is going to start dividing fans. You have got the purists who love just the stealth element, and, you know, for me, I like a little combination. I think what was great is I like games, and I know for you, you have a little bit more straightforward, a little more linear, but with the open world, I do like the fact that there becomes more of a choice for you, and you can decide how game, which means then if you go back and play it, so these games probably not because we, we, we have a lot of time and hours. No, no, in it.
1: Don't have time. Yeah. No, we don't have time to go back. Uh, we have time machine, uh,
0: but it, it makes it for a great replayability.
1: Well, yeah. And that, like I said, you'll never play the, the game the same twice. Um, Even linear games for me have often felt like, you know, sometimes you don't play them twice the same, but it does give you a choice. Cause it means you don't have to do everything in the game. If you don't want to, obviously you have to play the main missions, but I also think of this time, you know, Egypt, ancient Greece, as we get into, you know, the time of the Vikings. A lot of this era is brutal. It is, you know, there's tournaments of combat. There's the Colosseum. There's, you know, gladiators. There's there's more of a, if you need to fight to take something, you, you don't do it, you know, it was almost a dishonor thing to knife someone in the back, you know. That's something that I feel like, I I don't think they've done uh a full on one in Japan but that would be one you know we you know we played um Ghost of Tsushima a lot of that time it was like dishonor to be the assassin stealth type because they want to die from direct combat and I feel like that's a lot from these three that are they're more ancient times than we've had for any of the games that that was kind of a thing it was like it was more shown as a side of pride to show your valor, show your, your fighting skills. But obviously there's some missions that just make sense that you have to go in quiet for a purpose. And so I think what's great is there's still the stealth element there if you want to. And for me, the first game that I've, I mean, I am still have not finished yet because good Lord, it is long. And when it's long, it's because I'm being very completionist and I want to get everything.
0: At this point, folks, when we say we're completing a game, uh, we are in the realm of getting trophies uh, for, you know, if you're an Xbox or a PlayStation fan, trophy is what matters because it's like you to us that signifies the fact that you have completed the game the way the developers do. So if I really got all the trophies, then I've done everything.
1: Yeah, if you get all the trophies and get that platinum, then you know you've done the game justice, uh, which is a new side of pride. I think it's really fun to get to be like, oh, I've ticked off all the boxes I can. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla was the first game I really have uh, dived into, I think, just because I really enjoyed playing God of War and I've liked the, the Viking element. That's really kind of been a big thing the last couple of years. And the game is, from my understanding, it still has the Assassin's Creed element throughout it. There's definitely the Order of the Ancients, and which are the you know the Templar kind of based people, and you have to go through and, and fight them. But because it's Vikings, it is so a lot about really brutal hand-to-hand combat. And some of the times when you're killing people, some of the little animations they show of you beheading people or just cutting into people, using their weapons to kill them. It's definitely very intense and sometimes very gory. I enjoy that, though. I think it's really fun because that is the Viking element. There's obviously the very fantasy side where you do get to tap into going to... Asgard, and there's Thor and Loki. Yeah, there's a lot of great Norse mythology in this game, so, I mean, these, this
0: Valhalla game, I tell you, it's divided probably a lot of critics of, again, the purists, and I, I've read a lot of, um, you know, hate on it for those people, like, there's no really assassin element, but you know what? That's what I liked. It was so different, and again, what Black Flag did for assassins, what the pirates say, and this did for Vikings, and I think, again, to me, this is a match made in heaven, and you're absolutely right, so it does have even even more than I thought just the, I thought it was traditional, you know, Vikings for fighting. There's going to be some stealth, but when you go to like these mystical realms of Jotunheim of, and you meet Thor and Odin, all these characters that, you know, for those of you not Chris Hensburg, but you think of North North mythology, it just kind of blows your mind. It's it, there's such level of detail and amazing fantasy element that I was like, Ooh, this is a kind of a cool thing. And a lot of it is optional. So it's not like this game was so open world that there was a lot of like there's a lot of main quests but there's so many side things that you know again like we said hundreds of hours literally were putting to complete this entire game
1: i think the last time i saved i was just over 91 hours i put into that game and i still am not done still more to do but i like that it's like raids you know like there's there's times where you go through and you're raiding uh, a fort or you know a castle or something and you get a lot of that hack and slash style that is more of kind of how I like to play, but actually to me, there's tons of stealth in the game. Every time you go to a certain place where you have to take out enemies or get gold or get some artifact or whatever, there's always the option to go through and take it out fully in assassin mode, as opposed to doing it via going in being brutal. Often in the game, as with most times, People do see you quite often. So I think it is kind of up to you, the player, of how you want to do it, because you can fully play that game in a very stealthy way. And there's actually a lot of missions where you do need to go in and just kill the one person and try not, you know, a lot of these cities where they're they're an enemy city to you, you have not won their allegiance yet. You can get noticed very easily. But there's also a lot of times where you can blend in with monks. There's actually monks walking around with robes on, you know, they're priests. So you actually look like you're one of them with your robe on. Um, there's times where you can blend in, you know, on a chair with people and listen in. There's the whole idea of luring a drunk so that the, the guards are dealing with the drunk and not you. There, I think there's plenty of ways that you can still enjoy what is known to be this game series of the stealth. But from the idea of being a Viking and sailing and doing raids and then the North's mythology thrown in there, the game is fantastic and it's gorgeous to look at. It's another thing too is what this open world games you're like, how do they continually make it where the maps don't look the same? You know, you go to a different area, it doesn't look the same. It's impressive. It's one of the biggest games I think I've ever played. And it continually just shocked me how much I enjoyed it. And I was like, if this is kind of the, the pace and idea where Assassin's Creed is going to go in the future, then I'm intrigued to play more of these games. But I do want to go back and play some of the earlier editions. But you know what, Taylor? We're going to talk a little bit more about Valhalla when we come back. Let's take a quick break. We'll talk more about Assassin's Creed. All right, guys. We've officially got our title. And when customers see Assassin's Creed, they will expect to embrace all the moves that an assassin can do. It's our job today to come up with the key moves that will be highlighted for the franchise. Let's hear some ideas. I got two words for you, Arm Dagger. Arm dagger? Care to elaborate? Think about it.
0: What do assassins do? They assassinate. They'll need a weapon to do this, of course. Choking out guys takes way too long. So, he uses an arm dagger.
1: So, he has a dagger on his wrist. And it's retractable?
0: Yes! Badass!
1: Nailed it. Good one, Larry. What else? Hardcore parkour. I've heard of parkour, but... Hardcore? Our assassin needs to use stealth, of course, but also, he can use hardcore parkour skills to get around the city, to escape from enemies, and to sneak up on a potential kill. Hmm, that really has potential. We have barely begun to program the overall movement. I like it, Tim. Uh, I got one. Let's hear it, John. What if our assassin can leap from insane heights... And never gets hurt. Well, we do want a sense of realism when it comes to damage our character can take. How does he survive these falls? Get this. There's always a pile of hay or
0: leaves right where he jumps. Seems convenient. Got a name for it?
1: I call it the Eagle Jump. Ooh, I just got chills. Well, we need at least one more to end today's meeting. Climbing. Climbing? When I say climbing, I mean, our assassin can climb anything. Even a mountain, never gets tired, can climb for days. Well, I don't expect there to be much mountain climbing with our time setting in the Middle East. It'll come in handy. Trust me. Alright, Bob. Climbing it is. Well, great work today, gents. Arm dagger, hardcore parkour, eagle jump, and climbing. Can't wait to see what we come up with next. This meeting is dismissed.
2: From the time of the Crusades, the birth of America, the golden age of piracy, and most recently the conquest of the Vikings, the Assassin's Creed franchise knows no bounds. With the recent release of Valhalla, the Assassin's Creed franchise continues to thrive and it's not
1: stopping anytime soon. But what does the future of the franchise hold, you say? Well here, take a look. Get ready for the new lineup of Assassin's Creed titles and expansion packs.
2: Assassin's Creed Mayan Calendar Countdown Assassin's Creed Knighthood Assassin's Creed Quest for Camelot Assassin's Creed Aliens vs Predator Assassin's Creed Aztec or Inca Assassin's Creed Too Fast to Assassin assassin's creed back to basics assassin's creed the blight of blackbeard assassin's creed sphinx thinks assassin's creed so easy even a caveman can do it assassin's creed
1: resurrection assassin's creed outer space we've got so much of this and more to look forward to with the future of the franchise We hope you will continue to enjoy the age-old struggle of the Templars versus the Assassins. Also,
2: don't miss out on other upcoming expansion titles. Pre-order start Christmas 2023.
1: While we're back here talking about Assassin's Creed... Uh, one thing i did want to bring up is you know you and i have really been joined valhalla it's the first time i think you and i have both played an assassin's Creed game at the same time so we've been continually texting each other of like oh did you get to this part Did you do this thing it's been fun to see our progress well just a few weeks ago we had the you know there's been the a couple dlc additions to valhalla uh the siege of paris which is exciting there's a uh, one set in ireland with the druids But now we have what is the biggest expansion they've ever done from the Assassin's Creed games, Dawn of Ragnarok, where, you know, throughout Valhalla, you actually have visions all the time of Odin. He's kind of like a secret mentor in your head when you go to kill certain people, whether you do it or not. You know, a lot of these games are up to your choices of who you choose to keep. You know, a lot of times you can kill people or send them off to, you know, their way. I like the idea of the taking, all right, let's go full on into the mythological and you play as Odin trying to save the realm from Ragnarok. I think it's like a really cool idea of an expansion because so much of Valhalla was playing into the mythos. So it's like, let's just go full hog and like, let's give it to you. So it's one that I haven't got yet, but I do want to get and play.
0: Yeah, uh, as far as uh, with the main game and all the... um expansion packs i've gotten up to siege of paris uh which I, i'd like to go back into that but of course we, we got other games we want to get into but dawn of ragnarok after this heirs has just released uh within the last few weeks um of march so yeah th- i'm really excited about it i've seen kind of the previews uh, of that it looks amazing and i think what i even like about these assassin creed games if they continue um To cut out, I mean, this game, what I liked about this game and my experience with the previous games is there's very little uh, time back and forth between modern day and um, uh, past and the past. So I thought that was... Very little. Yeah, and I don't really like the modern day because there's not a lot you can do. It's kind of like walk around, click, talk, and, oh, let's stumble. Oof, jump over here. There's not like, okay... Yeah, all right, you got to get there because they're they're doing all this research and whatnot. But I was like, give me back to the game because there is, again, so yeah, much you to you want to play
1: as the assassin.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't see the modern-day person at a computer. That wasn't on the cover of this game, so I'm not going to get that game. Um, computer guy goes yeah, in the I know. past. I know, this, that's going to be us. It's like, the next game is going to be podcast, the game. You make your own podcast. <laughs> um. So... Uh, the next Assassin's Creed character. He's a podcaster, and he doesn't realize he's an assassin's uh, long line of assassins. Um, I'm a what? It's crossing over with Harry Potter, but uh, yeah, I think that um, yeah, what also really I loved about the vibe throughout these games and expansion packs, uh, or of this game and the expansion packs of Valhalla, was the really atmospheric tone it set. Whether you're in the mystical realms, or you know you. There's, like, ways to make people feel like you are fighting off supernatural beings because of, like, some herbs you take. Some mushrooms, don't touch those. Um, and Or some, like, smoke you inhale, whatever. So there's that idea that this very creepy element. I mean, just like you would go for these, like, swamps. And all of a sudden, these witches would attack you or these creatures of the night. And I, I just love that, that you could walk around an area and all of a sudden, and the character kind of mentioned, this place feels different you know and it would it would like it would just set this different tone that of all the other games man i got generally creeped out and scared uh, a few times um so much almost through my controller um and i was like <laughs> die devil bird huh? um but yeah it was just weird like i just love the atmosphere throughout the games and um yeah it was it was definitely it had a good interesting set of challenges too
1: i just think that's a testament to them really trying to put as much into one game as they can you have to remember, like for you folks out there, I bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla on sale, brand new copy at GameStop for $15. And I've put 91 hours of my life in that game so far. And I will be putting several more uh, after I play more of Forbidden West because I had to get into that game. But it just shows how much they're really put, like you're getting your dollars worth. For these games because they're putting so much into it if you want the main storyline you're getting it you want side quests, you're getting it you want the mythos the mythology you're getting it you want water battles you're getting it it's just, just like they've put so much in this one game and then you have expansion packs and now Donna ragnarok and the
0: nice thing is we didn't come too late into the game here's another crazy thing and i never thought they would do this they were having like limited time events they would put in the game that were free and they had this whole bang um The Yuletide Festival. Festival. Yuletide Festival. Festivus for the (laughs) Vikings. Festivus for the rest I know, yeah. And that was, like, so cool because you could, like, have, like, you know, drinking contests. You could have, like, your own Viking fight club. And it was interesting because it was like, okay, it's – you didn't have to buy anything extra. It was just set in the game. And then it pushed you to really play the game uh, in real time as much as you could because, like, oh, this thing's only going on for 15 days or – and they even, like, would just – adding an update they would throw in a mission that was not part of expansion pack it was like a crossover where there's one part you go to this place called the isle of sky and there's a great crossover talking about you know games linking all the way back to um what would be odyssey which is kind of crazy
1: yeah cassandra right who was in that um she was a big part of that whole section and yeah the idea they had like an event that it's not like it was like this is only available for like two days it was good for like Four weeks or something. Like, yeah, it was, it was almost a long like a time.
0: it felt like a month. Yeah, it was nuts.
1: Um, and it was really cool. And like, you know, your whole area where you live is covered in snow, and like they really kind of played up like what would Christmas element kind of be like in this time for these Vikings in England. Uh, it was really, really neat. And it just shows that they're really trying to continue to make it where you want to stay playing these games. And I think that's something that's gonna continue in the future of this series is. How do we get fans to be on board with the time period we're choosing the the gameplay, but also we're continually bringing fresh elements to go back to that game. Cause that's such a hard thing in a, nowadays is there's so many good games out there by companies that people want to be attracted to the best gameplay, the best storyline, but also good graphics. And I think they're still bringing it.
0: Speaking of attraction, I just had to do a side note here and you know, you got to give some credit to this game. I don't know about the other games, but, um, You know, this got uh, the 2021 GLAAD Media Award um, for representing, yeah, uh, LGBTQ relationships in the community because you can play as either male or female in this game and you can have uh, uh, same-sex or um, different homo and heterosexual relationships in this game. So that was very interesting. Like, again, this is a pioneer game in many ways that they're really like, and they didn't shy away from any of that kind of stuff. They were like, without being gratuitous
1: yeah there's nothing graphic you know this is not like some of your video games where you full-on see uh nudity and and sex it always alludes to them having done the business but uh, actually yeah funny enough uh i i'm playing as a male version of avor avor is the the main character you play as and um i've had more uh romances with men overall in the game than females so i think i've had two times so far that a female has uh, had an, a, a love affair if you will and there's been multiple men who uh, do have love affairs with Eivor in the game get to the the Irish one
0: good, uh, good luck with you Oh, there you go. Uh, no yeah it's it's just so interesting I was just like oh you know what there's a romance option I'm going for it I was like we, we want to soak up this game in every way possible but I thought that was very <laughs> I thought that was very interesting um I just had to jump in with that so back to your point.
1: What does add to the story? I think there's also story elements to that, too. You have to think of, you know, throughout many periods of history where you're off to war, you're off to do your duty, you're not having the time of your life to go on dates. So sometimes you got to get action where you can get action. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it is kind of a neat element that they have that in that game. Now, there's been, as we kind of mentioned earlier, apart from the main series, and we're going to talk about what we think the future is going to be in a little bit here. There's been tons of these spin off games. Most of them are side scroller or they're meant to be smaller graphic. Uh, well, these are kind of continued little pieces that play into elements from, you know, like this is between, you know, one and two, or it's like this is actually part of one before you play the game. Uh, but one I wanted to bring up that I think is kind of neat is they've had these Assassin's Creed Chronicles. They've had China, India, and Russia. These are all different stories where you play as different uh, assassins, but some of the visual elements I've seen some of the graphics, it's not obviously to the par of these main titles, but they're kind of side-scroller where sometimes the screen will change. And so I think it's a different element to continue bring Assassin's Creed stories to some areas that we've never had yet set in the main titles. And I wonder if one day we would get more stories told, like, you know, there's a whole thing they could do, you know, the Forbidden City and all that stuff with China. They could do a full story there one day. And, you know, as we kind of mentioned earlier too, A lot of the main games you always typically play as a male character it's only lately you've had the choice to play as a female character if you want to you know you choose your sex at the beginning of the the game i think that that's something that i think well the future will have more an option to pick your gender um for the game and i think we could have more stories where we have female ancestors i mean they've they definitely played into the last couple games have had a female lead as the modern day character who's going back in time. Yeah, because
0: I mean, we, we I mean, for five games, we had Desmond Miles. He was kind of the main male lead and it wouldn't be. And then just with we're talking about Valhalla and Odyssey Origins and kind of another uh, overarching story uh, with uh, uh, Leila Hassan. Um, but we're getting also different representation, not just of gender male, but of um, cultural. And, and But yeah, I don't think it was till uh, talking about spin off games, not main games, but spin off games two thousand and twelve was when we had our first I think female uh main character yeah, liberation game. yeah yeah, and um, and then, yeah, and now we have now, but I like it though, if they continue on because you if you can do that, you have now the option that you can play the way you want to do, and I think it's even better because we're getting people to what's the next thing you could do is you could not just change your gender, could you change how you look? So that people, and I think we've talked about this in video games, and we'll probably talk more about representation in video games. But it's just nice to see that you can play the character you want to see in your game.
1: Yeah, you can. I mean, especially like even Valhalla, you can continually change your hair style, hair color, your you tattoos. tattoos. Oh man, the tattoos are awesome. You can shave, awesome. <laughs> you cannot shave. So I think it's kind of cool. You can kind of pick and choose the way you want to look. And obviously, there's been a lot of video games where at the beginning of the game you have to pick, uh, you know, a body type body look, hair color, and you can sometimes go for hours, kind of figure that all out. But I think with a lot of these side-scroller games, I mean, I think actually it might be Altar's Chronicles, the first spinoff game in 2008. I think that might be the first Assassin's Creed game I actually owned and played when I used to have a DS. But even a lot of these games have become spinoffs that come just on your phone. You know, we've had uh, Assassin's Creed Pirates, Assassin's Creed Identity, Assassin's Creed Unity. Arno's Chronicles, and Assassin's Creed Rebellion came out in 2018. Those have all been games straight on Android or iPhone. So we're even getting now more adventures that are just straight to your cell phone. Uh, Obviously with cell phones nowadays, having the great capacity to be able to play full-on games. So it's kind of neat to think that there's been quite a few spinoffs, just as much as been the main titles. But before we go into the future of Assassin's Creed, We do have to bring up, you know, as much as I think this this whole series has such a cool action element, a cool sci-fi element, the fantasy element, the visual element. It's something that's never really been captured very well when it comes to film. Uh, We've only at this point had a few short films that I've never actually seen, but we had the big Assassin's Creed film that came out That Michael Fassbender starred in. And, you know, he pushed to produce. He wanted this movie uh, to really succeed. He, you know, star in it. They created a character for him. So they didn't choose to do like Desmond and a certain time period. They just had a new character chosen. And as we've talked about many times in this episode so far, they chose to have most of the movie be set in modern time when he's like himself in the animus and it's like, we don't want to see that. We want to see the assassin part. Like we want to see the parts when it's back in history in Spain with all the cool parkour action moments. And they did so little of that. And I think that was a huge miss.
0: Well, and I think also to the point, like, you know, we're talking about your ancestors. I think, you know, and we've, there's been kind of toiled in that in a lot of movies and shows that, you know, you might have a doppelganger, you might let, you know, what your next stuff, but to play your, like, basically the same guy, but you're playing, it would have been cooler, I think, to have a different actor to play the character in the past. And just, you know, when you're playing double duty, you know, and especially when the character he's playing is during the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) And it's like, I think a different ethnicity altogether. So it's like, ah, you know, but yeah, this, you and I think both, I mean, we hadn't talked about this movie when it came out. Now we're talking about now, obviously, but I think, I was so excited when this movie was going to come out. I was so pumped because just the trailer looked really great. I mean, the trailer and whatnot. And I was like, they put
1: the best bits in the trailer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tales old as time. Right. But yeah, it just, it didn't work for so many reasons. And you like, right. You said the main reason was I want to see the historical moments. I want to see the assassin stuff, not all this talking and, you know, modern boring stuff.
1: Yeah. It was just one that, I wish it had worked better, but it didn't. And that's the thing is even at that time, although I had not played really any of the games uh, apart from that that you know side-scroller one and then a little bit of three, I was excited for it because I still like the concept of what Assassin's Creed is and the movie just didn't really deliver. I mean, the scenes that were in the past were really cool. I think they did some good shots with the parkour, some of the elements, uh, the eagle jump and all that. It just needed to be way more. And it's one of those movies where it's like, I don't think it was terribly long. That's always a bad sign where you're like, okay, it's not going to have an, enough runtime. You really got to give some good time in the past for the story to develop and w- you know what is the reason why we're there. And so much of it was set in the modern time of, you know, Jeremy Irons is uh, the father of Marion Cotillard, the the doctor kind of doing the whole animus thing. It's like, oh, he's actually one of the Templars. And it's like, I don't care really about the f- the future stuff. I want the past.
0: But again, this uh, this goes back to this idea that. Because the games are so immersive, it is very challenging to make a film and to get an experience. But here's the thing. You have so much material, and they even created a whole new thing. And I'm like, why create a new thing when you have a lot of these stories? Just maybe make some minor changes. I wonder if, are they with all this wealth of spin-offs and games, are they going to continue to maybe use that, or are they going to create something entirely original? And will it be good? That's what I wonder.
1: Well, we 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 had word back in October of 2020, uh, which is surprising that, you know, that was, you know, several months into the pandemic. So at that point, I didn't feel like a lot of things were on hold, but Netflix announced that they had picked up the rights to do a live action series of Assassin's Creed and also an animated series and possibly an anime series, um, which is kind of crazy. They're going to do all three. I was like, just pick one. But there's... Yeah, there's such a wealth of history, and there's all these great stories and characters. Would they just want to go the route of making a whole new story, uh, maybe a time period that's not been used in one of the video games, or just picking one that works and developing a story around that? You know, just going the Desmond route and going with the Ezio, or you know, however they want to do it. I don't know, but I think a series could really work for Assassin's Creed because you could really take your time with it you know you could start off the series with the whole like this is modern day we're using the animus and then you could have full episodes that are just set in the past and go back and forth as you need and maybe there's something that happens halfway through the season of modern time which is why they eventually have to go back to the past you know there's so much they could do it would
0: be so epic too like the whole episode yeah it's in the past and all, all of a sudden at the end it like wakes up for the animus i know where the next thing is
1: <laughs> cut to yeah, okay cut. <laughs> you know they could do a lot of cliffhangers and like i think We've seen a lot of shows have had cinema quality action and graphics. And, you know, I think with the right budget, I think it could work. So I do hope that whenever we get more word about this whole hopeful series actually happening and coming and who they get to star and all that, I think it would be a, a better step than uh, what we've had uh, in the past, uh, because I think it is a, a game series that could really be captured on film if they nail it but you know taylor speaking of the future of the video game franchise itself there's been no word currently of what the next iteration will be you know it's kind of funny i feel like with assassins Creed, it's always kind of felt like they've already had announced the next uh, timeline or location even before they released the next video game but we're getting to the point where a lot of video games take longer to make, you know, especially with all the graphics and they're putting so much in these games. The only hint that I've read about is a possible return to Africa to do maybe a full game set in a story. I don't know. There's a lot of time periods in Africa that could work, whether it's more ancient or more modern, but I do wonder, I wonder if there's just some time periods that are a little too touchy to do like, you know, we've had the Revolutionary War. We've had, uh, you know, the French Revolution. we have had French and Indian War. There's been time periods, I think, work because it's like, it's ancient enough. Are things like the Civil War, the Vietnam War, some of the World Wars would those, you know, those could be interesting stories. You, you think about having assassins that pick up a Nazi Germany and taking out Nazis. I mean, like, there's stories that I think could work. But is do you think it's a little almost too touchy a subject that like you know like the Vietnam War is a war that a lot of people don't like talk about because it was a war that shouldn't have found in the first place? Do you think of a Vietnam War Assassin's Creed game would work, or would that be a little like, Ugh, I don't know if I wanna try that out you know i'm I'm curious if that you know would that work
0: yeah i no i I completely agree with you um that is the thing where Okay, how far in the past or to a modern thing can you do Assassin's Creed where you get more okay, this is just hitman. Um but there yeah, there's a lot there's so many timelines I think think that maybe it doesn't have to be I mean the war doesn't have to be you're part of it, but it could be the backdrop of it. Like they could do uh the backdrop of World War 2 or um you know, even like a cold war, a little bit more, you know, kind of edgy, you know, certain around stuff like that. Cause I feel like there's um, something to be said about that. But I mean, even you could talk about, and it would be challenging, but you think about what other historical figures can they interweave in this game? Christopher Columbus, you know, Hernando Cortez, you know, talk about um, the travesties of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's so many things to do. Um, and also there's a lot of cultures not to, to touch upon that. I don't think that like You said, maybe going back to Africa or maybe even doing the Incas and the Mayans, you know, uh, that could
1: be that could work too, yeah. So, you know,
0: what happened to the Mayans, you know, we don't know. So, maybe that could be like what they so again, yeah, there's the sky's a limit. Um, but the game franchise is definitely not slowing down. I mean, look at like just look at, I mean, even this game alone, we just had Valhalla. Um, I got. I gave a shout out to this the salesman. They sold more copies during its first week of release than any other Assassin's Creed game, and the PC version also had the most successful launch of any PC game published by Ubisoft. And it's made so far one billion in revenue, and it was you know of, Woo! yeah. And think about twenty twenty. It was a time of people like were stuck at homes. A lot of video game it was the fifth best selling game of twenty twenty, and sixteenth best selling of twenty twenty one.
1: Wow. So clearly the game is doing very well. The game series is continuing to do well. Yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit. They really could pick any other periods of time that have not been utilized. There's still ancient times. I mean, hell, I would be totally down. I don't know how they would do it with the language barrier because uh, no one spoke English in that time. And most of these games, they always somehow speak English. You know, you kind of buy into that. They could do a whole Assassin's Creed set in like caveman times yeah like like saber tooth tigers and shit like i would that would be cool like you know i mean there's so many time periods and they could even i know a lot of times the modern or future stuff is more of the sci-fi element but they could also do like a full like future-based Assassin's creed game that's like set a war of the assassins and templars or the order of the ancients set in like 3059 you know like there's something there's so many things that they could tap into you know
0: well, think about what games like Call of Duty and Medal of Honor and those games have done they've they've gone to the future and whatnot yeah i I completely agree, and also only a few of these games have touched on they've all been really mostly from the Assassin side. What if you did a game but all through the eyes of Templars more and more because there's only a few games that have just you've been a Templar. We're like, oh, we're the bad guys, but who is the bad guy but the hero in someone else's story and vice versa
1: that'd be cool, or you pick like you know at the beginning of a game. You get to choose which side you play through. And then, you know... And then,
0: like, imagine playing Valhalla as the Order of the Ancients the whole time, you know, or something like that. Or, I mean, you get wiped out. But anyway, um, if you play it that way. But I, I just think about the games itself has gone, you know, now into movies and, and, and whatnot. And, and we talked about representation, but I thought this was interesting because of the their first major expansion in Valhalla, The Wrath of the Druids, which um, set in primarily in Ireland. And olden times of more medieval Ireland, that was promoted by Tourism Ireland and the marketing, um, you know, to to boost tourism in Ireland interest. And you just think about that. Even playing those games, like man, it makes me want to go back to Ireland. It makes me want to go here, and or it makes me want to go to Norway and 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 see all. That. So it's just it's just kind of interesting that the games have just taken on even a further life beyond the console itself.
1: And I think they will continue to do so. And we're going to be excited to see whatever the next title will be in the franchise. But I know for me, I do want to finish up Valhalla, get into those expansion packs and the Dawn of Ragnarok. But I do want to go back and play smaller ones. So maybe, maybe, maybe down the line, uh, we'll do like a past potential pick of, of a video game. uh, older are, yeah. games. Because, uh, you know, I think there's just some that they have they've been iconic for one reason or another. And I just haven't, uh, haven't given them a fair shot. Uh, now that I'm more open to the open world games. But, you know, if there's an Assassin's Creed game that you really love, that we didn't really talk too much about today, let us know on our social media, you know, our Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us at podcast at yahoo.com. We always want to hear your thoughts on uh, what ones you love and what do you think the future is going to be for this game franchise? Because, again, the options are limitless hundred percent and hey if you liked our episode please rate
0: us and uh, like us subscribe us as always uh but you always can leave a review and hey maybe if
1: you leave a great review we might give you a shout out on the podcast until next time i'm your host chris jewer and i'm your host taylor sokol go out and uh save the world from the templars my friends well don't actually assassinate people yes please you not. will go to jail <laughs> all right <laughs> until next time my friends Ta-ta.